Alright everybody, good evening and welcome back to the Big Four Sports Podcast. How y'all doing? Happy Wednesday, happy hump day, you already know what it is. I'm actually going to start this episode off with the UFL. Y'all might be asking, what the heck is this? Well, it is the Spring United United Football League, and it's a Spring Football League. So the USFL and the XFL were the two uh, Spring Football Leagues competing against each other, and they just and they actually decided to merge. So we are going to see. So really, I'm just going to cover it right here. So all I wanted to go over is the teams. And by the way, if y'all were wondering, you're gonna you're gonna find out who I'm a fan of, or if you've if you've listened to this podcast ever since it first came out, which was in March of last year, technically, then you would know who I'm already a fan of. And yes, I will be covering the UFL, just like I do with the New England Patriots, once you find out who my favorite team is. Or if you're a loyal supporter, then you'd know. So we're looking at the USFL conference. We got the Birmingham Stallions, who were the USFL champs last year. They, were, they will be coached by Skip Holtz. The Houston Roughnecks, who will be coached by Curtis Johnson, who was the former Houston Gamblers coach of the USFL last year. We have the Memphis Showboats, who will be coached by John De, John the John DeFlippio, I think that's how you say it. And the Michigan Panthers will be Mike Nolan as their head coach. And so for the and for the XFL conference, we have the Arlington Renegades, who were XFL champs. They will be coached by Bob Stoops. The DT Defenders, who will be coached by Reggie Barlow, who did such a good job last year. The San Antonio Brahmas, who will be coached by Wade Phillips. And then the St. Louis Battlehawks, who will be coached by Anthony Beck. And so my, my, so my, I've, this team has always been my favorite team ever since I discovered the XFL last year. They were, they are a former XFL team. They've always been my favorite. I'm not picking a new allegiance. Drumroll, please. None other than your Houston Roughnecks. That has been my favorite team. I have a Houston Roughnecks sweatshirt that I sometimes wear in these podcasts, but it's in the laundry right now, so I couldn't show you. Actually, hold on. Let me, let me, let me I'm going to try to find it for you. All right. I have it. This is the Houston Roughneck sweatshirt I was telling y'all about. As you can see, I, I got this I got this last year, so I'm not picking a new allegiance. I've always been a loyal supporter. Of V. Alright, back to my desk. <laughs> so yes, my so I I've always been a fan of the Houston Roughnecks. If y'all are a very loyal supporter and you've listened to this podcast ever since it first came out. You will know I have covered the Houston Roughnecks like crazy during the spring. I've covered baseball like crazy in the spring. And springtime's on the horizon. Like people don't know that baseball spring training actually starts February twenty second, which is the first yes that's when spring training starts. That's when we can officially say baseball's back. I'm very excited for that day, but um Yeah, either way, the Roughnecks are coached by Curtis Johnson. I honestly don't know how I feel about this. I don't really know much about him, so we'll see. But I can probably confidently say he is not better than Wade Phillips because Wade Phillips moved on from us. He moved to the San Antonio Brahmas, which I didn't really understand that move because the well, uh, maybe he could take the Brahmas to new heights because, well, he's Wade Phillips. Granted, he put in Cole McDonald way too much last year, and that was why the Roughnecks lost to the Renegades. Yes. Either way, this Roughnecks team is absolutely loaded, like, and we we got we got a bunch of new talent this year. 
Although we did, and our number one receiver is Deontay Burnett, who I feel absolutely amazing about. I would, I'd feel really good about that if I was a Roughnecks fan. So yeah, for the UFL, I'll be covering it exactly like how I did with the NFL. I'll predict the standings. I'll predict every game. I'll, I'll do a record like I did for the NFL. Hopefully, I'll be better at picking XF, uh, at picking UFL games than I was than I was with the NFL, but. Yeah, let's just go down the line here. So yes, I can confidently say my Roughnecks did indeed survive the merger. So the Roughnecks were actually going to be taken out. They were going to have the Houston Gamblers be... That's why the Houston Roughnecks are in the USFL conference as an XFL team. Is But they, they decided that the Roughnecks name was a lot was much cooler and it fit Houston so much better than Gamblers. So I put the Roughnecks in the XFL conference. So, all right. So, really, just going down the line, we got like, we got like Jason Amendola, Austin IJK, Landon. A- I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna read everybody's name, but Matt Amendola. He was. He played on the Texans. Yeah. Devontae Beckett. That's good. The good thing we have him. We have Deontay Burnett as our receiver one. Just got just a bunch of other solid players. We have Sean Davis as, a, as our DB. He's gonna lock it down for us. I think we got a yeah. We have, we probably have a couple of guys coming over from the Gamblers. So that means we have like Trent Harris as our linebacker. Trent Harris absolutely tore it up last year. He's going to be another force. We had Will Likely, who was a return specialist, and also locked it down in the secondary. They're really just kind of going down the line here. I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm just looking through their roster just to see like who we have this year. Anybody noticed from last year? We still do have Brandon Silvers, and with Cole McDonald out of there, that means that Silvers should get the all-time start. He was really good in this he, when he had like a decent game instead of a instead of a good game. He would always get taken out, which I thought was really stupid because that was the reason why. Why? Why we? Why the Roughnecks would lose games? And here we got Tim Ward. Apparently, he played for the. Uh, apparently, he played for the Jets, which is I. I think that's his jersey in the in there. But yeah, the way that's the roster up and down the line. There's like the, the this team's very talented. We have we have like we have really four players that we rely on. Of course, Silvers, Deontay Burnett, and Sean Davis will likely and Trent Harris. So yeah, I I I feel good about this team. I think we'll probably have another seven and three season like we did last year, which seems about accurate. But I'll see as as the schedules come out. We'll see what happens. There's a lot more talent. So, all right. Now let's move to the Pats game. I thought I thought I was gonna talk about one more thing with y'all before we actually got into the Pats game, but I do not think so. Oh, yeah, also, I was actually going to record on my new computer. I'll show y'all. It's a MacBook Pro. I was going to record on this. My pod- This podcast would sound so much better. It just en- did not end up working out because my cord for my microphone is, US- is USB. And since USB is really old, and this computer is pretty old, the two don't fit. And a brand new MacBook Pro will not carry USB. Instead, it'll carry USB-C. So we had to order a new cord, but we got it all figured out. So I guess we'll 
we will move to the New England Patriots game, which I will cover first. This is second to last week of the season. Play the Jets next Sunday. I mean, the first quarter, how how was the score 13-7 to after one? I don't understand that. Bailey Zappi threw three interceptions. Like, we just kept turning the ball over. Like, the turnover after turnover after turnover. It was such a bad first quarter. And the only reason why we got that seven was because of Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager was, you know, the reason that we... Because he had a really big return to begin the game. The 98-yard kick return touchdown. All right, so let's look. Bailey Zappi... Um, uh, 16 of 26, 209, three, three picks. Two of these picks were his fault. One of them wasn't. One of them got like tipped up way high in the air, and then Ed Oliver made a great play. He made a he made a one hand snag to corral the football. But yeah, two of the other the other two were just bad decisions. Then Zeke Elliott, 14 of 39 for a touchdown, and then Bailey Zappi was turning into was turning into Lamar Jackson out here. He had five rushing. Attempts for 37 yards and a touchdown. Kevin Harris, 2 for 15. And then Demario Douglas took three jet sweeps for a combined 12 yards. Then we have Kevin Harris, 2 for 54, receiving. Jalen Rager, 1 for 39. Jalen Rager made a hell of a play, and I still don't know how he caught that. But So Jalen Rager was taken in the first round. He's, I, I still don't think he's good, but that was a really nice play. Then we have Mike Gesicki, four receptions for 35 yards. Demario Douglas, three for 31. Tycon Thornton, three for 24. Devontae Parker, one for 15. And Farrell Brown, one for five. And I think he might have fumbled on the. Yeah, he had. He would have had another reception if he didn't fumble. Or that might have been his reception that he fumbled. Then Zeke Elliott, one for six. All right, here we go. Kyle Duggar, seven, uh, seven tackles, Juan Bentley, five tackles. Then really just going down the line, Dietrich Wise had a sack. And then Alex Austin makes a heck of a play coming from one side of the field to the other as Josh Allen fires a deep ball and makes a dive and then makes a diving play to come up with the interception. That was a great play by Alex Austin. That was really a that was a power play. So yeah, Chad Ryland continues to struggle. Uh, he's it's just his rookie year. Like you gotta come some slack. It's it's also just kind of a different experience, like kicking in the places that he's kicked, like Harmer like Highmark Stadium, or or you know or um, what's um, Mile High Field or like Empower Field at Mile High. Just the the really windy places. MetLife, another example. So you you really gotta cut our rookie kicker some slack. He has, he has made a game winner this year, but... Alright, let's go to the Boston Celtics. We will start there as the Celtics play Tuesday, or today at the time of this recording, against OKC. If y'all remember last year when we played OKC, they threw 150 on us. I'm actually going to try to find that game. I'm not going to scroll back. That's going to take forever. This one right here. We lost 150 to 117, and the the Thunder were just absolutely horrible. And they, we lost by 33 to them. I watched actually this whole game, and it was horrible. But <clears throat> new team, new year, new Celtics. Okay, so let's start it off 
with where do we leave off? That was one. Okay, this this one right here. Pistons at the Celtics. Dude, why was this game close? Like, why was this game close? I got so I got scared crapless because of this game. I just thought, oh my god, the Celtics are gonna lose the Pistons. I just thought that the whole time because the Celtics just kept making just they were down so big at halftime and, and I post on and I, I post on my Instagram story at halftime, figure it TF out, which I think y'all that use that speak only in texting language can figure that and can figure that out for me. So <clears throat> yeah, either way, Celtics won by six in overtime. This game should not have gone to overtime. I'm actually very impressed that the Celtics tied this up in the third quarter. It was tied. I thought when I I actually switched off to Thursday Night Football because I was just so mad. I'm like, maybe if I don't watch the game, they'll come back. And I, I guess I guess I was right when I checked the score with four minutes left in this game. It was 196. I'm like, almost there. But I didn't realize they, they tied it and had a lead at some point. So, close game. But the Pistons, on the other hand, you have to keep this in mind. The Pistons truly were like, oh, crap, we may tie the record. We have to come out here and play, and we have to play our hearts out. And they actually played a half-decent game against us. They they gave us a run for our money. But this that was a case of the Pistons played really good. The Celtics are just more talented, which has been a case for a lot of teams, including the Toronto Raptors, who barely lost. I saw that the Celtics were up by 15 for most of this game. Up 15 at half, up 13 going into the third. And it just kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter, letting them go ahead as much as like nine, I think. Yeah, that late game stuff got is has to get picked up, but we still did come away with the two-point win. And looking at it all, I mean, Jalen Brown had a big night going for 31. Just in the first quarter, Jalen Brown couldn't miss, and for the rest of the game, it just felt like he couldn't miss. Sam Hauser, 9 points. He played 34 minutes. Luke Cornett had 20. Derek White had 21. Drew Holiday had 15. Peyton Pritchard had 9. O'Shea Brissett had 2. Nemesquita had 6. Mikhail Luke had 5. And then Banton had 2. We played this game without Jason Tatum. If Jason Tatum plays this game, we probably win by... We probably, is it, This game is probably 140-118 to 118 or 130-118. to 118, But yes, good win without Jason Tatum. Alright, and this was the true, this 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 was just, the whole team came together and played, might might have been our best game of the season. Won by 33 over San Antonio. And it was really the, it was really the third quarter that set this game apart. The first half we played really good, but the third quarter really set this game apart. We got Tatum with 25, Al Horford with 7, Porzingis with 14, Jalen Brown with 24. Derek White with 17, O'Shea Brissett with 4, Sam Hauser with 11, Peyton Richard with 9, Luke Cornett with 12, Delonio uh, Banton with 4, Nemesquita with 5, and then Lamar Stevens with 2. I have to imagine Lamar Stevens played late game, but let's move to the the Boston Bruins. All right. Bruins played a night at 7 against the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is actually right now at the time of this recording. Alright, so where do we start? We're going to start right here. Wednesday, December 27th. This game was on TNT. I was still able to watch it because apparently Fubo doesn't carry 
uh, TNT, so I can't, I, there's some Bruins games I can't watch. And after this game, I just thought, we're back. Because Charlie Coyle was certainly back. Because he, he scored two goals. Dabrowski and Marchand each had two assists. Trent Frederick had one assist. Geeky and Lorai both had both had goals. So I will say Morgan Geeky has stepped up in a big way. He may not have the best sounding last name, but he's but if he's good at hockey, that's good enough. And this game, just the Bruins just absolutely came together with a four, with a four goal second period. We were down two nothing, and I actually switched over and so we actually decided to. I, don't, I actually forget what day this is. This was Saturday. So, wait, what the? Okay, I'm just confused, but I th- I think I watched the Georgia game until I decided to turn on Bruins because we were up by 60. And wait, no, that doesn't that that I'm I'm just very confused. But either way, the the Bruins the Bruins beat the crap out of the Devils. Uh, it was 2-0 until the Bruins decided to score four in a row in like 10 minutes. And then we and then we scored one more in the third, making it a five-two win. Just we came on in the second period, just goal after goal after goal with no resistance. Pasternak had a goal and two goals actually, and an assist. Charlie Coyle had two assists. Jake Dubrovsk had a goal and an assist. Martian had two assists. Kiermaier had two. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, sorry, he had two goals. Carlo Geeky. Grizzlick and McAvoy each had assists, and that's really how and that's really how that game ended. All right, here I got a basketball. See if I make it. I did not, but it's fine. Either way, Bruins beat the Devils, and this game, dude, Ben Chirot deserves to get beat up after just the absolute dirtiness it, he did. I don't mean that. Yeah, he he made a bunch of dirty plays, and Trent Frederick scored two goals and an assist, running over Alex Lyon. That was not his fault though, because Alex Lyon went right into his right and right into Trent Frederick's way. As well, the rest is history. Trent Frederick had two goals and an assist. McAvoy had three assists. Lindholm and Poshnok each had two assists. Coyle and DeBrusque both had a goal. Same thing with Pavel Zaka. And that's really how it was. Trent, Trent Frederick has really came together. And once he stopped taking those stupid penalties like I do in NHL, be a pro, I, Trent Frederick has become a really good player. Alright, now we are going to be predicting NFL Week 18, the last week of the season. What the heck? It is already the last week of the season. I don't feel good about that. There is no Thursday night game this week. Oh, that sucks. But what makes up for that completely is the fact that CJ Stroud is going to be on primetime. That's absolutely amazing. I love that they put CJ Stroud on in, in the Saturday night slot. The world needs to see CJ Stroud. But the first game of the week, which is the Saturday at four at four thirty PM game will be the Steelers at the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens after they just completely mollywop the crap out of the Miami Dolphins. Granted, the Miami Dolphins lost Bradley Chubb, but that does not matter. The game was already over by then. Give me Baltimore, even though I do I, I do think the Steelers will make this a very close game. 
But I do think that the Ravens are just a far more superior team. Up next, we have the Texans at the Colts. CJ Stroud, first ever primetime appearance. I will take him in a win over the Colts. And this this game truly decides who makes it in the postseason as the AFC South winner. I don't I don't know about Jacksonville, but maybe it, I think it might be a three. Yeah, it's a three way tie. So that means that if the Texans win and the Jags win, Jags win the division. But if uh, Texans win and the Jags lose, then well, Texans bank it in. And if the Colts win and the J- wait, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if the Jags win, they're in, and they and they win the division. I'm going to take Houston though, over Indy in Indy. I just feel, I just feel, I just feel good about that pick. Up next, we have Saxonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville has to win this game. They this feels like a must win for Jacksonville because if they win this, they're in. And we move on to the Vikings at the Lions. Vikings are most likely out of it. They just Got, they just got absolutely mollywopped by Green Bay. And Jaron Hall got benched, which I don't think was really his fault. His defense couldn't get him a stop. But yes, I'm going to take the Detroit Lions in this one over the Minnesota Vikings. And the Lions just continue to get good seeding. I think they actually might make a two seed if they win this game. Up next, we have the Falcons at the Saints. New Orleans put up a really good game against Tampa. But I'm actually going to... Just kidding, I'm still going to take the New Orleans Saints. Even though I don't feel good about it. Cause, cause, because it's a division game and Saints and Falcons could truly go either way. No matter how talented or less talented one team is, it's always going to be a close game. But give me New Orleans. Up next, we have the Jets at the Pats. I actually think most people might be might be taking the Pats here. I'm going to take the Pats, but... Yeah, so the Pats have just owned the Jets. They've won 15 straight against them. And the Pats might sweep the Jets again. Would that truly be a surprise? They've swept them eight straight years. Up next, we have the Bucks at the Panthers. Dude, watch Tampa Bay lose. But I think they need the, they need the Saints to lose, and they need the, and the Bucks need to win. I have them winning, and the Panthers... Don't get the number one pick because they got fleeced by Chicago. Next, we have the Browns at the Bengals. I'm going to take the Browns because I, I just think the Bengals are out of it. I just think that their strong run comes to an end. They'll finish 8-9 and and 12 with uh, Joe Burrow this pretty much season. They still finish 8-9, and nine, which is actually quite impressive. Because Joe, because Joe Burrow has really like a three-war wins above replacement, you know. So yeah, like Joe Burrow probably adds like three wins to that team cuz Joe Burrow is just that good. Up next we have the Bears at the Packers. Give me Green Bay and I think Green Bay ends up locking up the 7 seed, I believe. Yeah, they'd be a 7 seed if they were to win this week. They'd finish 9 and 8. Yeah, that'd be that that'd be a 7 or 6 seed. Up next we have the Cowboys at the Commanders. Y'all do not know what I'm ready for. Y'all do not know what that what the heck you're gonna hear. So, if y'all remember last year and the year before, the Cowboys finished the season in Washington, 
And they just got absolutely cooked. Remember that? With Sam Howell, especially last year. Which is why I actually have the Washington Commanders breaking the streak. Because it's a division game. And Sam Howell, at the end of the year against the Cowboys, always plays really good. In In his debut, he absolutely rocked the Cowboys. Granted, the Cowboys are in the playoffs and all that stuff. Which also, the Cowboys might have a good amount of hangover. Because, well, they because the Lage came off a crazy win against the Lions. And I think this is the perfect letdown spot for Dallas. Which is why I'm going to take Washington in this one. People are people are going to doubt me. But that's my take. Now let's move to the Broncos at the Raiders. Dude, I just feel like the Raiders always have the Broncos number. And without Russell Wilson playing quarterback, I feel like the Raiders have a have a much better chance of winning this one. And I have the Raiders winning this one. In Las Vegas. So give me Las Vegas. Up next we have the Eagles at the Giants. Do you remember when this game was close? 34-31 Eagles win. If the Eagles actually lose this. Or this game is close. The Eagles are not legit contenders. They are not legit. They are not legitimately contenders. They are frauds. Up next we have the Seahawks at the Cardinals. Remember when people were saying that the Cardinals weren't going to do anything? They're the they're the weirdest team. They'll go out and lose to crap teams, but they'll beat the Falcons, they'll beat the Cowboys, they'll beat the Eagles. They really do just own the NFC East. But I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one as the, as we as we know what happens when the Cardinals beat a really good team and for the next just couple weeks they just absolutely disappear. Give me Seattle. Up next, we have the Rams at the 49ers. I'm, I'm going to take San Fran to bounce back over the Los Angeles Rams. I know the Rams have actually clinched a playoff spot, which is very impressive. I don't think anybody saw that coming at the beginning of this year, but I'm going to take San Fran to bounce back over Los Angeles. This is going to be a great game, and it should be America's Game of the Week, but it's going to be the stupid Cowboys. But give me, give me uh, San Fran. Up next, we have the Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs are going to absolutely steamroll. I'm going to take them 33-10 to 10 as a score prediction. And the Chargers just continue to fall down the barrel. Thank God y'all are going to have a new coach next year as we move on to the game that is going, that the game that I'm going to be looking forward to. A chance, so if the Bills win this, they win the division because the Bills, at, if they have won this game, they will have swept the Dolphins, which means with an equal record, they have the tiebreaker. And if the Dolphins win, well, they have two more wins than the Bills, and two more wins against the Bills means you win the division. But I am actually going to take Miami at, in a bounce back over the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the, yes, the Dolphins will be without some players due to injury because they got injured last game. But I trust Miami against a really good team at home. And especially in a game of this magnitude, I just trust the Dolphins more. I also wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo won, but I'm picking the Dolphins. And in order to achieve my goal of staying under 100 long, I need to have a perfect week. And you and me both know that it's just not going to happen. That's going to do it for this one, everybody. Hope you all enjoyed it. It was a short one. Make sure you go check out my Instagram, at Big4SportsPodcast. And that'll do it for this one.
All right. Peace.